Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. Good to have you here. Thank you for hitting on the button. Teddy Draper, sports broadcaster and now qualified personal trainer here in the UK. Thank you for hitting on the button. Thank you to the sponsors, Bangnall Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Really appreciate Jason Briggs and his fine team support for three plus years. Beautiful store they have in the courtyard in Cheltenham here in uh, the Montpellier area of the town. But if you'd like to reach them from further afield, go online, look up Serene AV, get in touch with Jason and company. Remember also the association the podcast has with Cytoplan, food-based supplement supplement company. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, head to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. The checkout code, discount code at checkout is Draper10R. My last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Also, the podcast associated with Herring Shoes, beautiful handmade English company shoes since 1966, beautiful brogues and loafers in particular. And thank you to the team at Herring Shoes for offering a 10% discount in association with the podcast. If you go to herringshoes.co.uk, discount code there is TED10, T-E-D, all capital letters, numerals one zero, gets you 10% off. If you're ever prompted or ever reflect upon the possibility of, of losing a loved one and not having their memories recorded, their life stories detailed, then maybe you'd be interested. It sounds maudlin, but I think it's really positive the conversations I've had through Attic Box Audio, sitting down with members of the public where we reminisce about their childhood, their upbringing. It might be people who are 60, 70, 80 years of age, but always intriguing for me as, as a journalist who loves speaking to people. But I think for family members can be really great as well in terms of uh, developing that connection. So that's Attic Box Audio and uh, serve, serving those memories, saving those memories for posterity. Attic Box Audio, and you can get there either atticboxaudio.co.uk or drapermedia.co.uk. Right onto the podcast, really cool conversation with a woman I've known for a good year or so, I believe, Katie Brighton-Jones, personal trainer in the Cheltenham area as well, and a serious level triathlete too. She's got her first Ironman competition coming up in France in the late summer, in June, end of June time. So here she is, the one and only Katie Brighton-Jones. Okay, Katie Brighton-Jones, we're up and running. Welcome to the podcast. Good to see you. Wonderful. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. It's been been a few months because we saw each other a lot at Cowley Manor when the, the gym was up and running. Hopefully that's up we did. back soon. <laughs> yes, I hope so. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, so you're, you're obviously a personal trainer, but you're in the, in the sort of near future competing in a triathlon as well. Is it the first full triathlon? It is my first full Ironman, yes. Yeah, um, uh, yeah full distance, quite terrifying. What, what is the full distance? Just remind us. We are doing a 3.8 kilometre swim, yeah. 180k on the bike and a marathon at the end of it. Wow. What does it equate to in miles? Just something I'm old school. It's 140 all in miles yeah 140.3 no 140.6 that's oh, right that's 70.3 is the half <laughs> that's exact wow yeah how, how, how does that I mean how does that feel that number in your head is it daunting or feel you feel like you, you are in your training where you feel it's possible yeah I feel my training's on track um I mean my training is um based around a, a busy age grouper so I fall into a category of somebody who works and has a child and trying to train as well. So my yeah my hours are around kind of 11, 12 hours a week of training at the moment. Which is pretty good, actually. Did, did you do the breaking your week down? Because I was talking about trying to qualify my as a PT and my wife being my guinea pig. And we were looking at her <laughs> schedule and it's like, oh, she's got basically 20 hours a week to try and fit freelance graphic design and then a bit of training with me and, and all the other household commitments. Yeah. You, have to, you almost have to do that, don't you? You do, you do, because going into it and saying, okay, well, I can commit to 20 hours a week of training and realising that you can't. Mm. Um, um, but then there's less as well, so if you can only commit to eight, then work it around your eight, but I'm trying to <laughs> trying to stick with the 11, 12 at the moment. How does that, it's, it's an interesting... Um, tug of war that though isn't it with the, the parenting I think that, that that's we're talking about that contradiction where you, you want to stay fit and be healthy 
mum or dad but also there's that sense of wanting to spend time with them as well whilst you whilst they want you to <laughs> yes um and and it is hard you um you do feel a sense of guilt mm. um and then that's that balance between going okay well i need to do this for me because i need my own headspace and therefore i'm a better parent to you mm. but then you feel like oh no i don't want to go out for six hours <laughs> and ride a bike and leave you at home and so it's but then the compromise is you, know, you get up early and you do it whilst they're still asleep or you do it when yeah. they go to bed or so what time are you training then in the morning is it very early yeah it can be um if needs be yeah um get up at five and get out and get on get on hit the road early especially at the weekends if it's like a six hour bike ride and mm. you don't want to be out with all the traffic as well that's another no. that's another caveat but i have been in the shed quite a lot so far this year i have to say of yeah what do you make of the weather because it feels like it's been a long long winter it has and um i my first bike ride outside was actually only this saturday everything else has so far has been in the shed wow is that just <laughs> is that just psychologically not wanting to get out there or do you think it's just it, difficult when it's bad conditions yeah i am a fair weather cyclist but i do think it's a lot safer as well mm. i think you have to be careful because it's so easy my husband came off the bike on saturday is he okay he's okay yeah um but car braked in front of him a bit too suddenly and then he went over the handlebars so and because we're riding and racing on tt bikes as well if there's any kind of water on the road and mm. so it's just for me a safety element as well i'm definitely more self-preserving these days and it's very safe in the shed it's just very yeah. boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to be uh, relax sort of recklessly optimistic i think to be a regular cyclist don't you on the roads because you, you, when you're driving you sort of look at them and think oh, there's not much space for these guys no. out there yeah no and obviously it's only a matter of time mm. if you're unlucky to have an accident touch wood i so far haven't had anything but yeah neil's come off a few times yeah but he's not had any, any serious nothing, issues no nothing major so but it is i think just good managing <laughs> safety <laughs> what what is it about we we're talking about this before the psychology of the, the triathlon that's that's appealing to you because you said you weren't a massive fan of marathons and, and single event activity yeah it, it is it is it's a strange psychology the uh, the Ironman um, or just the triathlon I keep referring to it as Ironman because there's that's the brand of obviously the distance that you're doing yeah so it's a bit like UFC and MMA is it I suppose they're yeah. the, the sort of leading brand but yeah yes it's not the event yeah not the event but I think I like to have the the different training aspects um and as I said, you know, if you asked me to go and train for a marathon on its own, I'd be like, no, I don't know, fancy <laughs> that. Whereas if you say go and run it at the end of an Ironman, I'm like, oh yeah, I think that's. So I think, I suppose psychologically, I enjoy the challenge, but it's nice to have the different elements so you feel like you're not overtraining. Mm. And also because we tend to do, um, uh, on a different day, you do a dif different training um, schedule depending on which aspect you're yeah. training for. How, how do you break it up over a week? So usually we do swim, bike, run, swim, bike, run. So you wouldn't necessarily do two run days back to back or two mm. bike days back to back. So just six days of training in a in a seven day block. Yeah, yeah, pretty much one day of rest and then some days double up. So you do maybe a swim and a run on the same day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. But how does your body feel about that? Is it is this sort of you're using your legs for both, but is it very different in terms of your muscle? Energy. Yeah, and I think that's why y you can really avoid overtraining if you break them up in mm. the right way. Um, because, yeah, you essentially wouldn't be doing any two elements back to back. And so, yeah, it's, it allows you to train for that distance and mm. that within each discipline, but without feeling like you're overtraining or overdoing. When, when you're training, do you ever do everything together, like have a swim, then do the, the run, then the cycle, or, or, or cycle then run, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so often we do bricks, so we do a cycle with a run after, mm. um, just to get the body ready to come and run off the bike, because neurologically it's really different, mm. um, and you're recruiting very different muscles when you're on a bike, and if you get off a bike and try and run, it feels like <laughs> someone's stolen your legs. What, what the, the muscles on a bike, what the sort of core muscles to hold you in place and balance and yeah i mean that and obviously your upper body isn't as active no whilst you're cycling so upper body's not you know dormant but it's not doing as much as when you then get out and run so 
uh, the recruitment of your main muscles like your quads and your hamstrings when you're cycling and then as soon as you come off to run the the whole firing system is completely different so neurologically the brain's all over the place and it's like hang on a second now you've been sat down doing this <laughs> with me doing this and now you're asking me to run so it does feel like you're running through sand and your legs don't really work mm. so the the brick stuff helps you to prepare and get well get used to getting off the bike and yeah. then and then getting getting the run out what do you think of the sequence would you prefer it another way around how would you like it ideally in your mind i i think it works actually um i do think um the swim's always my i always get stressed about the swim and i think (laughs) i'm quite a lazy swimmer (laughs) so this year i've properly made sure that i have done more training because normally i just do a little bit of swimming and then i rock up and do the race do you think Um, what would it be like if swim was the last would it massively change results in Ironman competitions and stuff. If had the swim as the final thing, I don't know. Would there be people that just <laughs> give up halfway give through up it? Or? Just sink. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It would just be weird to do yeah. the swim at the end. I think because um, that must be quite tiring. The swim for everything else, even though it's a much shorter distance. Yeah, I mean that's the shortest discipline. So mm. you spend the least amount of time swimming. Um, and obviously the caveat is that you're wet, but that's fine if you, I mean, I'm racing in Nice, so that's quite good because oh. I'm going to be nice and warm anyway. Yeah, Nice um, in early June. Uh, end of June. End of June. So, Peak yeah. summer. So yeah, last time my husband did it, it was 44 degrees. So wow. Really I didn't know I got that hot in South no, of France. I know, yeah. I think they had a bit of a heat wave. <laughs> so it was, yeah, in that instance, it's quite nice to do the swim first. Um, but then if you're doing a race like um, Tenby, example yeah and you've been soaking wet and freezing cold for Tenby in Wales when was that September okay yeah, yeah. so it's, it shouldn't be that cold but it's still yeah, no, relatively, yeah, yeah. it was uh, so yeah I, I don't know how I'd feel about doing the swim at the end I kind of like getting it out of the way yeah because although it's not the most strenuous and it's the shortest mm. I kind of feel like it's it's like my nemesis <laughs> but i feel like actually be- better i wonder if bi- i wonder if biking would be easy at the end i don't know whether they'd be sort of having to sit down and but it depends how you are I th- biking i guess yes true I, th- I do think that the challenge coming off the bike and running mm. is 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 hard yeah so i think it probably would be easier because swimming into running is more of a similar activity is it yeah yeah using upper and lower yeah and you usually find that good swimmers are good runners those yeah. kind of go hand in hand um whereas yeah the biking <laughs> goes the other way out, but <laughs> it's, it's interesting who do you think there is a the people who are good at triathlon are they kind of quote-unquote all-rounders because obviously as a pt we've got this mythical thing haven't we are people is there a general base fitness or, or aptitude that we have and then people that are more specifically suited to certain industries yeah i think um yeah triathlon's great because it's um it, it it covers a multitude of of different disciplines so mm. if you're not particularly strong in one you can kind of make up for it in your other disciplines and you usually find that not even your top guys won't be really great at each one yeah they'll have a stronger one um and and then just adapt and and train a bit more for the ones that yeah imagine you're a really strong swimmer it must be frustrating because you probably wouldn't do triathlon because you'd be sort of ahead and then you get caught up it must yeah. be frustrating so. so you find a lot of them do those who come out the water first on the bike uh, first and then get onto the bike that they quite quickly get taken over, uh, overtaken yeah. by the stronger cyclists yeah so they're great they come out the water really quickly and then get on the bike and start <laughs> getting overtaken quite quickly <laughs> it must be difficult to fight that temptation to, to focus on the things you enjoy the most isn't it i suppose when you're yeah. preparing for it because naturally i suppose we are creatures of habit and if it's easier and we enjoy it more we're more likely to spend more yeah. time doing that than we are doing the stuff that we don't like doing and that's I, f- I find that with training as well as a personal trainer that it's hard to get clients to do the things that they don't want to do because they're hard mm. and mm. they'll be like oh i don't like doing this and i'm like i know you don't and that's precisely why we're doing it because you yeah you need to do it how, yeah, how important is it to do difficult things? Is that something that you found? Has this been a, a good sort of, um, I guess, conditioning agent for your mind for other other challenges of life, whether it's getting yeah. mortgages or yeah. raising kids? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think, looking back, 
through when I started, when we started racing triathlon, just sprint triathlons and Olympic distance years and years and years ago. Um, since having Jonah, my son, my ability to take myself to places that I never thought mm. were physically possible or mentally possible, yeah, uh, that's that's changed dramatically. So really, whereas before having yeah. a child, I would be like, eh, I don't <laughs> know if I can be bothered with that. Whereas now. I'm able to push myself. Is that because the sleep deprivation of having a baby and things Probably, like that? Probably, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. That being a Everyday parent, life becomes yeah. a bit like carrying bags of sand around, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. you, you realise that actually that's probably the hardest thing you'll ever do, have a child and parent a child, and mm. therefore anything else, even if it's a, a 12, 13-hour <laughs> race. <laughs> yeah. Phys- physically, how did having a baby change you? Because some people say that can improve your aerobic capacity, can it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you look at some of you know we've got famous runners who've who've had babies and then smashed out amazing mm. marathon times. Again, for me, I would say that's a mental thing more than anything else. Mm. I think that you become so much more mentally strong. Yeah. Um, and therefore, you're self reliant as well, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, and your ability to be then physically stronger and more able is just. I mean, the brain is, is so powerful. Yeah. It's amazing to think. What effect did it have on Neil? Was it as a dad? Was it similar? Um, uh, I don't just, know. <laughs> just exhausted. So Neil, yeah. his, his PBs came down. Uh, yeah, I think uh, he probably underestimated um, how little sleep. I mean, Jonah didn't sleep till he was six and a half. So we. Yeah, I'd also have been similar, actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I think, you know, it's probably from me. So that it's sort of high birth energy that I have as well. Yeah. So you can't can't blame it but it is a challenge it, it is it is and i think yeah he um yeah it's, it's slightly different yeah <laughs> but i think um for me definitely it's since having yeah we women have the higher dump of oxytocin don't they at the start i think which maybe carries them through a little bit more yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah not sure i mean it took me a good 18 months to recover mm. i think um post but i had a cesarean so i didn't have natural yeah my wife did as well it's a tough and maybe that's part of the sleep thing as well isn't it i don't know whether the trauma of that can affect you know the adrenaline and in the system and things yeah and i and we had we had a difficult time with jonah and we were in hospital for quite a few weeks afterwards as well so Mm. it was quite disruptive but um but yeah it did take a while to get back into yeah into the game but uh, must have been difficult being sort of inactive as your recovery was it after that yes you? yes and because uh, i quite soon into my pregnancy as well i started to suffer with various issues oh nice um spd um with my pelvis and other things so i had to kind of really rein it in mm. um and just try and keep um, fit and mobile but without pushing it too much so mm. do you have a position on exercising during pregnancy i don't know we weren't going to talk about it but it's just interesting yeah. that it's this sort of a trend at the moment for people to exercise quite hard through through pregnancy i um you know the the, the guide was always if you've been exercising then carry on as normal mm. and so if you're a marathon runner and you've been doing that then you know you can carry on and it's don't don't take up kickboxing or something uh, <laughs> yeah, completely impact. out of it yeah whilst you're and i think yeah there's a lot to be said for just gent- gently keeping mm. going but um, don't take up anything too extreme whilst you're yeah there's a lot of challenges already on your body isn't there that yeah through that process and i and i think listening to your body i'm i know that um, one of my clients said that his daughter-in-law um is pregnant at the moment and she's struggling as well with various um physical issues that are really impacting her mentally because she now can't exercise mm. and i said you know it's really important to remember that you know this is a journey for you and your baby and your body and not to but it is hard when, when yeah. mental stuff gets yeah and some of the involved. sickness that women have is, is pretty savage yeah, as well, isn't it? yeah yes we've had i've had a few clients who've had debilitating mm. Uh, morning sickness or just generally sick all the time and I've been training them in the gym and they've just gone outside and thrown up and then come back in again <laughs> yeah <laughs> so probably people look at that probably think you're, burning, you're pushing yeah, them yeah, so yeah, hard yeah. like a military <laughs> kind of, a bit, yeah. of yeah. instructor so yeah it's it is tough but I think listening to your body and that goes goes for yeah across the board whether you're pregnant or you know whatever you are whoever you are just to it's amazing what the human body can achieve, isn't it? Just thinking about you saying 140 miles swimming, cycling, and running, and thinking that takes you well beyond London from Cheltenham, probably oh, no. to yeah. <laughs> East Essex or something. So it's, it's it's phenomenal what you can what the human body can do. Yeah, it is. 
I mean, you look at some of the races now that are coming out. I mean, Ironman now seems seems like a walk in the park to some of these mm. ultra, ultra, ultra races that people are yeah. um, capable of doing. Is just like <laughs> that that's unfathomable. You know, looking at these people who are racing for days on end without stopping, and yeah, so. How do you look at the, the sort of uh, the burden of, of triathlon? Because I have this with a lot of athletes. Obviously, their training is to condition them to build them up, and then they go into, say, a boxing ring or a rugby pitch, and they get battered and they get injured and things. And what's with triathlon, I suppose, there's that dichotomy, isn't there? Because you are building yourself up, but you know that the event itself is going to take a, a big toll. Is it? Is there sort of part of you that thinks, you know, as a PT, that I shouldn't be, you know, impacting myself like this? Yeah, I think it's um, it, it's. It's an interesting um, process because ultimately the whole lead up to the event is is just gently getting everything ready and preparing myself physically and mentally, mm. <clears throat> um, knowing that on the day it's 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 going to feel like it's going to break me. Mm. And I always did my seventy point threes and crossed the finish line and said I'd never do a full race because the half was bad enough yeah what made you change your mind i don't know a moment <laughs> of madness i think i think i i'd done my 70.3s and i thought right now's i'm gonna go for it now's the year to do the full so and a, a, one of my clients and he says to me you know ring me up when you cross that finish line because yeah. i want to know how you feel and um it, at the moment it feels like it's going to be great and i'm going to cross the finish line and, I, <laughs> and i'm going to be tired out but I'm going to feel amazing so I think that's what kind of keeps pushing me to get there but also yeah knowing that it's it's going to be um is it right for your body I don't know it's it's, it's well you actually say you know, you've, you've had to not push yourself as much as naturally you'd be inclined to because it's it's a slower tempo yeah and and I think if you train properly and you follow all of the proper coaching guidelines, um, then anything's achievable. Mm. Um, it was interesting. I was listening to a, a coach the other day talking about um, the challenges for him coaching his athletes and, you know, what's, you know, different body types and what's mm. important about, you know, people who are more ectomorph or endomorph or, and he said, I don't, any of that for me doesn't matter. He said, my main problem is um, typing of, of individuals. So if I've got um, a testosterone-driven CEO of a company who is um, a certain type of mindset, yeah, I can't get him to or him or her to rein back their training because every time they go out they smash it yeah even if they're supposed to be going yeah slow and steady don't go out of zone one or zone two but they can't because it's their their mindset is to even if they might get, get overtrained because of it yeah yeah and so he was saying how how he finds it really hard to kind of get those people who will naturally always overtrain to rein it back mm. in and to that's a good form of discipline in a sense containing yourself isn't it as well as pushing yourself is yeah. that that kind of yeah. complexity to discipline. Yeah, because you think, oh, it's just obvious that people can't push themselves hard enough to get to where they need to be to compete. But actually, mm. getting yourself to rein it back in again. And I used to have um, a tendency to come off the bike um, when I was doing my bricks and run too fast and too hard because my body was like, yay. What's the bricks? The bricks is just the, the so, training and the transition between the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because when I preferably i run much faster off the bike so if you wanted me to go and do a yeah. half marathon or a marathon if you sit me on a bike for three hours before i'll run a faster race really after the bike just despite depleting energy stores in the yeah. legs and things like that yeah it's phenomenal so that i mean i only discovered that a few years ago when i was training for the 70.3s that actually i could run a half is that because of the warmth half. The, the muscles the temperature they're at or i think it's it's to do with the 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 power that you generate on the bike yeah and the neurological um implications of speed in the legs when you're cycling as well so um. you come off the bike and naturally that's those neurological pathways are already going mm. i've already hit my vo2 max 
and and my legs have been the whole system is primed yeah so i'm ready to go so actually i'm running (laughs) faster it's funny isn't it it's experimentation like that yeah because you can read research but actually doing your own is that important to you doing your own research on yourself yeah yes because you you do you discover as you go through the processes what what works what doesn't work and and it's, it's almost easier to do it on yourself because it's more more recognizable more quickly whereas when you've got a client and you're trying to observe them and then get feedback from them as well and adjust from what you perceive to be the right thing for them to do um so that it's it can be easier to do it on yourself but yeah definitely the running off the bike was something i discovered and my husband coach try and coach me and say stop running so fast stop running so fast and i'm like but i can <laughs> but i can so i will yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's but, you, yeah, but you're driven by that goal not to be too comfortable and, and to chase difficult things aren't you so it's a, it's a yeah. contradiction what what is it about what do you think about modern society and the sort of creature comforts we're surrounded by how much of a difficult challenge has that been for for your clients and everything is it, is it is it quite a dangerous society we got around us i don't know in yeah. lots of pitfalls and lifestyle traps we can fall into yeah there are and i mean life is just getting more and more comfortable in a way for a lot of people i suppose mm. my clients are in the position in a position of being able to be surrounded by a lot of creature comforts and mm. it's it's hard i do is society getting more lazy i think if you look over the past 50 or so years then yes it is i mean you've only got to go outside and see people zooming around on those swing things oh the scooters yeah yes and people aren't even walking anymore no or not even pushing you think get a scooter where you have to push yourself yeah Yeah. (laughs) no it's an electric scooter it's an electric bike or so i do think inherently that people are and also post-covid i mean people working from home Mm. even that has meant people are moving less I noticed that all of my clients who worked from home during COVID got terrible postural issues, yeah. weight gain. So just because you're at home, you move, you get up less from your desk yeah. than you would do in an office to yeah. chat to someone, get a drink, or and they're not even commuting. Mm. So they get up even earlier, start work even earlier, sit in front of the computer, zooming or do um, mm. yeah, all day, and moving even less. And they go, "Oh, well, I still went. I had a chance to do my hour exercise." But actually, you find that yeah. that hour is nowhere near enough when you were doing ten thousand steps before. That 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 kind of difference in yeah. What is the most important thing? Is it the overall lifestyle, or is it the bouts of exercise? Do you feel to, to someone if, if someone had the sort of choice between two? I know obviously the ideal is to do both, but it, it's a good, good question, isn't it? I would say a general good um, lifestyle that is active. Mm. So even if you're just walking, gardening, whatever. Um, all the time on a daily basis and I, I would say that's better than I remember how strong my nan was as well because she used to yeah. wring out you know washing and yeah. with her hands and vice like grip and she'd carry shopping you know yeah, a couple of miles home and things like that which is carrying a lot effectively what people do in the gym isn't it so yeah yeah she's doing her workouts <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's interesting you go abroad and you look at the elderly mm. in France or in Spain or in Italy and, and they're, they're still out yeah doing stuff and tending to animals and you know growing vegetables and things and yeah. I mean, they seem to be a lot more active and for feel, a lot longer it feels like to me that consumerism has hijacked a pretty sensible instinct we had to rest because we needed to rest in the past but now it's like there's you yeah. can rest all the time if you know if you want to yeah and you can just stay at home and order your delivery and you don't even have to go out and get your food and yeah i do think we've definitely definitely become more sedentary and then on the flip side we've also become more more mentally challenged by social media and Mm. that kind of i think that being able to observe everybody's lives all the time from yeah a phone comparison yeah being a thief of joy or whatever they call it yeah yeah and 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 then longing for other people's lives lives that you don't know what they're actually doing yeah Yeah. and instead of actually just going out and enjoying small some bit of sunshine or you know the small things yeah or how correlated is the sedentary trend with the sort of mental health issues as well do you think they're connected yeah uh, definitely and i do think and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy but also people who suffer with mental health generally have um poor physical health as well so those two kind of Mm. go hand in hand um so yeah there's a there's a big what do you see that with clients that there's an upsurge in their positivity during the course of working with them yes um 
there is and I do think that exercise definitely improves it's, it's scientific as well yeah it improves people's moods and makes people feel better mentally and physically um, and then also when people can't train uh, I noticed mm. that during COVID when it first hit and we were all kind of I mean I went straight on to Zoom and everybody was I was like right yeah, how did you find that training on there it was yes long day spent spent <laughs> in the conservatory staring at the screen but it was like I didn't give anyone an option I was like right this is what we're doing this is how we're keeping it going so but I've seen you train people in, the, in Cali you've got a great energy around you and it's, it's more difficult to conjure that isn't it remotely through a screen yes it, it is completely completely different you're and sort of generating it but not getting anything back in the yeah, yeah yes um, and a lot of clients found it really hard and some of them did say you know I can't do this I'm just going to wait until we can mm. get back together again um, so there is obviously that definite kind of interaction yeah the physical interaction being together that makes a difference and how important you, you mentioned outdoors do you feel that's significant for you and for, for people generally yeah I mean the outdoors um, again scientifically it's so much better for you to be mm. um out in a bit of bit of fresh air even if it's not sunshine there's always a tension isn't it going go to the gym you always as you get busier in life you're like, I still want to go to the gym but you're like actually if I go to the gym as well as work and I'm not going outdoors at all it's like you're trying to factor everything in, in the, the bigger picture when you're younger you can do everything but it's yeah. not it becomes as life becomes more demanding you have to sort of be a bit more clever about your choices yeah and I do now if I've got clients who've been in an office or they've been working inside all day I'll be like right let's get out mm. let's get out get some get some fresh air and some <laughs> well. Did you always so, want to be a personal trainer working fitness? What was the, the kind of calling for you? I I'd spent years, I, I started off training racehorses after I left school. Oh, cool. Um, so that was that was really enjoyable and I wanted to become a jockey. <laughs> Must be a bit underwhelming um, training humans yeah. after you trained <laughs> racehorses yes, yeah, in terms of the capacity. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was great, great experience. So I wanted to become a jockey and... But back then, there weren't many female jockeys. It was quite hard. It was yeah. quite a hard environment. I feel like Rachel Blackmore kind of trailblazing now. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, now it's, you know, it's, they're, they're everywhere, which is great. But back in the day, it was still a struggle. And I was told that women didn't ride as well as men. And so yeah. it, it was, there's a different physical <laughs> element. You've got a good shout, though, dude. For women, actually, it's a, there's a lot of attitude. You weigh less, don't you? Well, exactly. <laughs> which is a big yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, to be honest... Um, and and then you look back in the, back in those well still now that most of the guys in the yard uh, were were female, mm. so a lot of the um, the lads were girls and they were they're they're on the ground training the horses day in day out like I was yeah and then you take the horse away and stick a jockey on yeah it feels um, like more common generally for young girls to to horse ride now than maybe it was different hundreds of years ago when everyone yeah. rode a horse but now it's it's very much a kind of sport for for young girls isn't it typically yeah yeah, yeah so it um yeah it was it was great sport it was, it was hard um but it was good fun and i was going to go to melbourne to work in a yard out there um but then i um discovered that i've got a blood disorder oh no um so it just meant it wasn't safe for me to keep riding because i got covered in bruises all the time and it was i was being thrown off a lot and oh wow so um so that got knocked on the head and then i went to, to start ski seasons instead and then i spent five seasons out in france Whoa, is that how did that work the blood disorder because surely there's a few impacts involved in yeah skiing, it wasn't yeah. quite as dangerous and um we kind of got it under control before i went skiing yeah. so um and then i've just kind of monitored it but um forget with jockeys don't you jump jockeys in particular how much damage they go through yeah and i was breaking my yearlings in so i was being thrown off all the time whoa um, it was a bit like the Wild West. Did you have concussions? Um, I touch wood. Yeah, yeah I, somehow I didn't. I mean, everything else, and I never broke a bone. I don't know how. No, but it's but a big uh, thing. It's, it's just an interesting issue in sport, generally. I was talking about it with a friend yesterday about rugby, football now, the heading, American football, any contact yes. sport. There, I just wonder whether in in sort of racehorse, there's been some evidence that jockeys maybe have got long-term brain, brain trauma from it. from it, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I haven't noticed. Maybe I have. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the amount right. of operations they've all had and bones have been broken. And yes, I mean it's uh, it's dangerous horse riding. It's a dangerous sport, but uh, but it's free will, isn't it? I think that's what you come back yeah. to yourself in the conversation. That actually, I think that the scary thing for people regarding rugby and heading football has been that people weren't quite sure. Like I think for a long time, people knew that boxing was bad for your brain. It's a, a decision you risk you took, but maybe people weren't quite aware of the impacts of, of rugby tackling and heading a ball. No, I don't think so at all. 
too late. But yeah. But now they can now they can make that informed informed Info- choice. Yeah. So absolutely. you're doing the ski seasons and then what? Where ski do you go seasons from there? and then I came back to the UK and kind of um, just did a few different jobs and then I thought you know what actually this is this is what I want to do. Mm. Um, I'd been kind of involved in some kind of sporting exercising for so long. So yeah, that's when I started to to train as a personal trainer and yeah qualified. So what. 16 years ago now yeah so um yeah and it's it's it, i have to say i wouldn't change it for the world because it's so rewarding helping people feel better about themselves and feel good about themselves i don't know why you wouldn't want to do anything else because it just it's and when people thank you mm. and say you know you've made whether it's recovering from injury or whether it's just making them feel better about themselves or whether it's a health thing or whatever mm. but the reward that you get from that is, uh, yeah, is priceless, and I, I wouldn't, wouldn't change. How much of it is being a sort of counsellor of sorts? Do you think? Or oh, absolutely, yeah. like ninety percent. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think my clients would probably agree with me that uh, yeah. I'm as much, I'm as much a kind of confidant and a counsellor as I am a. Do you think blokes find it easy to confide when they're doing something active as well? I don't know whether that's true or not. There's sort of there's some. I read a guy on who's a friend of mine from university has got, got an initiative called Progressive Masculinity, working a lot with troubled teens, young boys and stuff. And he says that often they have to make activities where people are sort of doing something shoulder to shoulder and active. They don't, men don't often want to sit down in a room and stare at someone and tell them their problems. Yeah, I, I think that's, um, that is true. And uh, yeah, it, um, it's, it's a medium of, of getting people to kind of mm. feel, feel relaxed. And I'm, I mean, I'm lucky I've got a really good relationship with all my clients and therefore I think they feel comfortable to talk to me but also I mean it's a very it's a very intimate thing training yeah and you if you have a relationship that doesn't work then it falls by the wayside so mm. you I've had clients over the years that just you just don't gel and if you don't gel you don't kind of trust each other they don't trust you and it's so it doesn't work and they do you sort of initiate a break in those scenarios how does that usually play out um well they just sort of stop coming just kind of fizzles out yeah um, yeah it's uh, usually not as drastic <laughs> as me going oh, i'm not training you anymore <laughs> um yeah you just kind of quietly stop communicating with each other what, what, what do you do it's interesting because i've qualified as a pt i'd like to maybe get a couple of clients and not the, the level you're operating at clearly but what do you do if they're, if they're not you know committed and they're not progressing because of their own level of commitment is it something that you it's it, it, it's hard because you have to find the right um, level of um, encouragement yeah. and kind of scolding, sort of <laughs> ra- radical candor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and sometimes with my clients who've been with me for a while, um, I can be very blunt with them mm. and and say, right, if you don't do this or if you don't commit to this, this is where we're headed. Yeah. So I can. But also, I think some people for them it becomes complementary to the lifestyle and they feel better. They don't necessarily, you know, in the PT training and when I was doing sports science at uni, it's a lot of set smart goals. And it's whereas a lot of people don't necessarily don't need to be motivated by increasing their bench press, they could be just enjoy the process actually is enhancing for their overall life. And it doesn't need to be, you know, I need to do a VO2 max of XYZ. Yeah. And you, and you get the combination of clients who have to be goal driven mm. because otherwise they just drift. Um, so you, you set them whatever goals it might be, but just enough to keep them. So your, your smart goals as you would. Other people um, don't need that. Um, they just need support. Mm. Um, and because you will get fitter by virtue of repetition anyway. Absolutely. Won't you? Yeah. Yeah. And and um, yeah. I mean, I look back to when I first did my PT training and when I went to a couple of clubs. Um, and they were like, well, you know, well, how are you going to progress with clients and what are you going to do? And, yeah. and I'm like, well, really, just by the process of moving people yes. is almost uh, you yeah. know, enough of a progression. It doesn't have to be set in stone. You don't have to go, right, today we're going to do this amount, like you say, of yeah. this, this and this. You put 2.5 kg on the bar next yeah. week extra, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It, in the real world, bodies bodies adapt and you don't yeah. have to be so specific and also you come back to things don't you I don't know whether you find this with your training that you get your strength to a certain level but then you then go and focus on something else then you come back to strength so it's not like you're kind of working towards a never-ending mountaintop yes because there is no kind of peak we, yeah you know well, if you I do mean? one thing you, fo- you neglect the other stuff don't you so yeah, yeah. 
absolutely and I've and I've noticed that as well with my training this time because I have to focus so much on each discipline mm. I've kind of neglected my strength training because well, you were doing that in the winter weren't you ahead of this I remember yeah like October November time last year seeing you in the gym doing some strength stuff yeah with this in mind yeah so you you have to kind of periodize then when you're going to do those things but um, I haven't had time to stay in the gym as well mm. now um and also i've had a little bit of a niggle with my left leg old old injury from years ago when i did a ridiculous competition called the superhuman games right this is the hardest thing i've what ever was done that? it was like a crossfit thing oh, right. down in bristol and we had to do just i mean we were flipping tires doing burpees <laughs> dragging sleds deadlifting throwing things to, it was just yeah, it was a whole chaos. day of relentless. I mean, I thought I was quite fit until I did that. And it was just, it nearly killed me. And it's I, a wild thing about fitness though, isn't it? Is that you think you're fit in one sort of mode and then... Discipline and yeah. then you go and do something and you go, wow. Um, so yeah, I would never do superhuman <laughs> games ever again. But so old, old injury and I haven't been on top of my rehab mm. because it's just another thing. But yeah. it, it, it's highlighted again for me that you have to make sure that you keep on top of you can pick that up in july though presumably after you get this, this yeah, race done. yes hopefully when i drag <laughs> myself to the end of the finish line and i go ah. what do you expect but the soreness to be like afterwards do you know will it be bad or i don't know i reckon it, it'll be the stiffness i would say yeah. i've noticed getting older yeah that um my hips get hot <laughs> well, I so especially well, i don't think you are old i don't know how old you are but it's, i was wondering that Generally, exercise as we get older at the moment seems to be an important exemplar for, for people and your clients as well, I'm guessing, because there is still a kind of residual feeling in society that, you know, once you get past 25, you shouldn't be doing much. Yeah, uh, oh, there is. I mean, I'm so I'm 44 um, competing and it's quite a competitive age category yeah. for us as well now. Some long distance doing. people hit peaks around 40, don't they? Yeah, yeah. so really I should be getting better <laughs> in the next five years. But it's just that people wouldn't, uh, public, members of the public wouldn't know that, but I think no. people are proving that the body is is very strong into its 40s and even 50 for people, yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's been lots of stuff at the moment coming out about the importance of weight training as well mm. for women and it used to be you know, once you start to hit the menopause you need to do weight training because of sarcopenia and your muscle wasting and but now they're saying for women from their early mid 20s that it's important yeah um makes so, them feel more confident as well doesn't it i'd imagine yeah and yeah and it, and, it, and it affects your immune system and all of these things that are coming out now more and more to mm. you know, keep them strong and fit and for, for longer and probably because we we were trying to replicate in the gym what life would have given us when we were talking about it before yeah. like how people would have carried things and yes. you know, loads been more active generally and uh, so yeah i think um that moving into your your late <laughs> later years so I, I i plan to carry on competing yeah um and actually i'd yeah i really i would love to get uh, an age group to go to the world champs not necessarily in full distance i'm going to see how i go this time i might revert back to the 70.3s after well, it sounds time. like this longer distance obviously physically challenged but for you it's almost mentally it's not quite as exciting because of the, the pace being slower yeah it, and it just it's you change your mindset and get your head around sitting on the bike for six hours instead mm. of only sitting on it for two and a half or how three do you feel hours? after six hours on a bike is it well so far i've lower done back five stiff or yes yeah. yeah i did come off the bike actually on saturday and go yeah now i've got to run <laughs> and do another 90k on the bike so yeah i think um on the day um i will probably get off the bike and just spend a couple of moments doing a bit of mobilizing and stretching before i then yeah you do a lot you're very therapeutic approach with your clients as well aren't you? a lot of mobility stuff is that specific training you've had or just things that you've learned over the um, period of time i've learned from some great people that i've worked with over the years um but because uh, i do sports massage therapy yeah. as well and um, did recently did my acupuncture oh, cool. um, sports therapy as well that was really interesting the needles and yeah pressure release and stuff yeah, yeah. And a great chap called bernie nolan who's an ex-pro cyclist who now lives out yeah. in new york he's a great guy um and what does that uh, yeah. feel like putting needles in people for the first time i was quite freaked out <laughs> actually and yeah. the, the chap that i was working with daryl he was lovely but he was 
he was as bad as me, so we were sticking needles in each other, kind of squealing. <laughs> um, whereas everybody else was quite... Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with it now. But when I first started, I was like... Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it... Um, I think I've, you know, I'm now working with the, the guys up at Origins, Ben and yeah. Dan. Previously, I worked with another clinic, so I've been kind of in the clinic. Ben, ben and Dan, that's the uh, Elkstone osteopaths. Ben's been on the, the podcast yes, as well. Yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. But they're very, they're very open-minded, actually. They're osteopaths. They're not very tribal about it. They're very keen to work with sports therapists, PTs, and yes. yeah, everything, physiotherapists. Yeah, I think it's really nice to be... Um, back in the for me back in the clinic environment working together in that kind of holistic therapy mm. that everybody's angle is slightly different yeah. but you you embrace everybody else's you're trying to get like say counteract the sitting down at a desk for a long time with the mobility things and yeah the spinal movement i guess is the big thing yeah yeah spinal and then that kind of upper upper back mm. um, and then neck and you get all of those i I treated a, one of my clients last week actually and she'd been she's got a little bit of degenerative um, neck disease and and as a result occasionally starts to yeah. get neuropathy in her hands and so we just did a session to mobilize her and deal with her and then she messaged me at the end of the day and said oh thank you Katie that's so <laughs> much better so you know that must feel great yeah it's yeah. nice to be able to you know help people it's funny the neck I feel that actually because I work at it's funny Sky Sports News at the day job and we've had a computer in the desk in front of us and a friend sent a sort of I guess a, a diagram of why we're feeling pressure on neck but you're leaning forward all the time like this and then you're glancing up and your neck's actually constantly getting fatigued from from that and you yeah. get that sort of sometimes that sort of feeling even if I look down at my phone on a day off I feel that kind of tension of looking back up again yeah yeah because your head weighs yeah. quite a lot <laughs> yeah it does doesn't it it's a massive well my head particularly it's yeah. very big very big <laughs> disproportionate compared to a lot of people um no, it's, it's great work. It's always great to have you on the podcast. It's funny that we had that connection as well, where we realised that I was living on a road in Malvern where you were you were boarding at Malvern Girls College for a period. I know. I'm a, it, it is a very small world, and uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how you yeah. get to know people. And Well, of course, we met up at Cowley, didn't we? When, uh, when I know, and Cowley Gym's going to be open soon. Yes, again. yes. Um, newly revamped and... Um, yeah, well, I love the outdoor pool out there particularly as well because I think you talked about the outdoors and the daylight. And I think during the winter months, it's that you can if you can swim outdoors, there is a real reflection off the light of the uh, water that boosts you. Yeah, it is. It's it, it's lovely, um, and it's well, it's a nice thing to be able to do swimming outdoors. I know obviously people now are really going crazy for open water swimming, and um, yeah. You need to get a good wetsuit, don't you? Because I've had a windsurfing wetsuit and it doesn't work for swimming. You can't. No, you no, can't, no. You can't <laughs> you need move. Need proper swim yeah. on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very taut in that one. Yes, it's um, yeah. So it's it's a new it's a new well not a new craze now, but it's a, it's a big thing. This open water. Yeah. Do you believe in like cold water and sauna and things like that as well? As yeah, I mean picture? the um, I know the Wim Hof stuff's been really popular. Friend of mine who lives up in Lake District, she's been doing it for a good few years now. And um, from a mental health perspective, it's definitely um, mm. you get a big dopamine dump sustained, don't you? I think over the yeah. course of the day, which enables you to feel good but motivate you as well. Yeah, um, I have yet to embrace the uh, <laughs> water swimming because I'm just terrible. I get cold in the bath. Yeah, but um, hence me doing my race in Nice so that I don't get <laughs> cold. But yeah, it's it's. it's well, it's supposed to help if you do feel. I feel the cold. It's I've had some cold showers. It's supposed to help you a little bit if you're more susceptible to feeling the cold, yes. essentially. But it's just facing that fear, it's isn't facing it? Yeah. Getting getting those first steps. Yeah. And, uh, so actually, if I had the time, <laughs> I would probably get myself up to the water parks and uh, start the process. But. Hey, we're well, doing. You're doing a lot as a, a PT, a triathlete, and a, a mum yeah. as well. So I think you've got enough on your plate. It's really impressive. Katie, how can we follow you? Could, do you want you want people to get involved as well with supporting the triathlon? Is there a sponsorship page? Um, yeah, we um, we are raising money for Little Princess Trust. Yeah. Um, so uh, yes, that's one of my clients' charities. Um, what does little What does it do? It raises money for um, childhood cancer research. Oh wow! Um, so yes, it's um, they um, girls who've got nice long hair can cut their hair and give their oh. hair to make wigs for Brilliant. children who go through uh, treatment and lose their hair. So That's uh, powerful. So, yeah, we'll be uh, raising some... For middle-aged men as well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can help kid, us out, yeah. 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 Make you a <laughs> yeah. nice long blonde wig. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're raising money and Storm Tri-Coaching is, uh, is our triathlon brand. So, yeah. You've got your new kit. 
arriving or UKIT haven't had is, arrived is, yeah it'll be arriving very soon so yes i'll be racing in um racing in the uk so that's all brilliant you have exciting. little princess trust on it were you as well yeah little yeah. princess trust is on there um uh some friends of ours who are nutritionists who are helping out as well and origins are on there yeah, well. how many so calories are you gonna have to get through uh well it's eight thousand on the tour de france in it daily i think isn't yeah it? I mean, I'm a little person, so mm. it's not as many <laughs> for me, but we've been trying to um, work around um, keto stuff. So we're okay, low using, carb. yeah, and much more fat metabolizing. So I'm trying to carry more body ah. fat at the moment in order to train myself yeah. at those low intensities to use more fat. Will you then eat carbohydrate on the day to yes. sort of shock your system? Yeah, and, yeah, I will have to on the day, but hopefully i'll yeah. be carrying enough body fat for my body because you do run out and no matter how many yeah. stores i have i won't be able to carry enough glycogen no. in the body to race so you need to use the fat yeah so you need to use it's highly fat. calorific isn't it yeah yeah so i'm trying to you know, <laughs> carry an extra few pounds at the moment but yeah. uh, good for you yeah. you don't look yeah, at you look great <laughs> but um katie brighton jones thank you for coming on the podcast really appreciate it you're very welcome thank you for having me you're welcome <laughs> really enjoyed that conversation the concepts of courage confidence comfort zones those seeds is always fascinating to me spent a lot of time with fighters in my profession as a sports broadcaster boxers mma fighters a lot of them on the podcast you can listen back to and just that ability to get the knock on the door walk into the change walk into the arena go into the ring the cage whatever it might be and sort of similar feeling towards stand-up comedians actually that bravery and i think certainly people in the military can't imagine the sort of daunting aspect of being in the Marines, some of the scenes that Jack would have seen and yet said he was feeling nervous about doing the podcast. And it's interesting that, isn't it, that concepts of courage, we have to push ourselves in different arenas maybe sometimes just to expand our sense of, of capacity, of confidence. So a really cool conversation with him and hope to do a couple of sessions with Jack, teach me a few things as a personal trainer. If you're interested in maybe getting in touch with Jack or, or myself, if you're um, looking for, for help do do reach out I'm enjoying the personal training side of it now as a sideline to my broadcasting career if you like the podcast please rate it on iTunes or Spotify tell a friend however you do any referrals really appreciated any support and thank you for, for being here primarily thank you to the sponsors Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations remember the life story service we're offering at Draper Media sitting down with members of the public to document their life stories in quality audio also the herring shoes if you're looking for a nice pair of brogues loafers for a wedding brilliant handmade quality british company been going since 1966 that wonderful year for english football fans and uh, recommend the, the shoes and if you would like some you get 10 percent off with the podcast herringshoes.co.uk ted 10 ted 10 and the sunshine peeps through the clouds maybe we can forego the vitamin d3 supplementation in the uk for a little while as long as we can get outdoors of course get some of that sunlight on our skin but maybe looking to optimize your immunity in other ways the discount for the cytoplan supplement c-y-t-o-p-l-a-n at cytoplan.co.uk is draper 10r my last name d-r-a-p-e-r numerals one zero and capital letter r that's 30 percent off your first purchase 10 percent ongoing thank you for being here i hope you have a great week and hope to speak to you again soon goodbye for now